What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop. On Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF and the Fast House. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, a very special guest, the 816 in your program, likely number one in your hearts, goes by the name of Enzo Lopes. Enzo, how's it going? Hey, what's up, guys? It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, thanks for having me, and I'm pretty stoked, yeah. Absolutely, and stoked to have you on, my friend. You have been making some serious noise uh, just about all season long in the 250 class uh, as far as uh, the outdoors go. Uh, a great start to your season, a little bit of a derailment uh, at uh, it was that high point, and then uh, coming back at, uh, at Spring Creek for a couple of strong finishes. Um, you tell us about your summer. How, how's things gone for you? Uh, tell us about, a little bit about how you got on with uh, JGR in the first place and then working with those guys to get to where you're at now. Well, uh, most of you guys know I've been privateer for my whole life, and I rode KTMs for the entire time. And then I've been doing pretty well in the uh, amateur races like Loretta's last year, Mammoth, Minios, Monster Cup. And then I think I got an attention from the teams. And before uh, Hangtown, I had a amateur championship called California Classic at Pala. Right. And I ended up winning that. So I think, uh, yeah, Suzuki called me and then from that moment on I just I was living a dream and uh I mean the results are not really what I expected but uh you know from like changing the bikes I mean I don't know my whole life it's a brand new bike I mean I'm loving Suzuki's the team effort too but uh I know I can do a lot more and then at high point I qualified 10th fastest and I was feeling really good and unfortunately I got my collarbone injury the Held me back a little bit, and then, yeah, just getting back on the groove right now. Uh, Millview didn't go pretty well, but Washuga was a little bit better, stepped in the right direction. And now we have the weekend off because of Loretta's, and I'm just working hard to get back uh, to where I was at, at that point, a high point, because I was feeling really good. So we still have six 35-minute motors to go. So, yeah, I'll give my best shot at, at doing probably top 10. 
For sure. And you've been working your way closer and closer to that over the weeks. And uh, uh, I think this last weekend, 15th overall, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, yeah, 15th overall, but I ran 10th for half the moto. Yeah, like so what, what happened uh, later stages of the moto? Just uh, uh, holding on too tight, um, like you just, like obviously you're, uh, you had some time off the bike, but you've been riding for a bit now. What uh, what held you back from, uh, from holding down that 10th place? Well, uh, I mean, first of all, first moto, I mean, I almost got 12th, but I mean, I wasn't 12th, but I ended up crashing and uh ended up 14th and then second moto i read i had a not a good start but i made some quick passes in the first few laps mm-hmm. and then yeah i was around 10th uh to midway and then i just got super tired because i mean i got back on the bike uh i think like two weeks ago like 15 days yeah. and i had two days of riding before millville and two days of riding before washugo so it's not that much time on the bike to be honest but mm-hmm. you know i'm just doing the best they can right now to ride as much as possible unfortunately the weather here in north carolina is not helping right now it's kind of raining but uh yeah i just do my best to get to get the best shape for unadilla absolutely and and let's also not uh forget that at that point in the moto uh sitting 10th uh the guys who would have come through to pass you for those positions uh go by the name of uh, joey savachi uh chase sexton uh Michael Mosman, as well as uh, who else came through there? Uh, Cameron McAdoo. All these guys who they've been on factory teams for at least a full year by now, and uh, all of which got bad starts to start uh, start the race. So uh, like those guys were charging their way to the front, and um, they're they're no slouches. Like those guys are typically in your in your top five, top ten, almost perennially, uh, or almost on a weekly basis. So. Uh, um, like you're you're in some fast company there, and uh, I got to imagine that uh, this season, for the most part, for you, although you've had some really good finishes, tr- treating it a little bit like a learning year. Yes, no. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm taking every weekend as a learning experience. You know, I learn something new every race. You know how like the track develops, my bike, everything. Having a team behind me, so I mean, it's been good. I mean, like. Like, everyone knows 250 class is, like, really stacked right now. There's, like, 20 guys that are, like, really good. Like, you can see on the results, first moto was Sugar. Ferrandis got 11th, and then second yeah. moto he got second. And it's just things change so quick. Like, one guy can win, and then second moto he can get 8th because there's, like, a lot of fast guys. So it's pretty stacked, and the intensity is so high on the moto. It's just, like... uh I mean, it's hard to tell. You you need to be there like to feel it. But I mean, it's been good. I've been learning a lot. Absolutely, those guys are are on another level. I think it, that might be uh, like maybe your uh, your biggest transition or the biggest uh, um, the the. Uh, thing that you'd have to get used to most going into this last season or going into this season, uh, where uh, like that intensity is not something you can replicate anywhere else. Not on uh, the JGR practice track. Not on a, tra- a practice track in California where your phone number is from. Um, nowhere. So uh, I, how, how do you like basically like? Is it strictly through the motos that you have to rep- like? That you have to just like use that for experience, or is there any other way that you can kind of uh, uh, replicate that in any sort of way? I mean, you kind of, you can, can do it, but I mean, it, it's just hard. I mean, you can go to other, like, to practice sessions with other guys. Like, here I go to club and ride with Phil, 
McAdoo and some other kids, like amateur kids, they're pretty fast. But, I mean, it's not the same intensity there. The race, it's like, I can't even explain. It's just, like, <laughs> so much stuff happened the first few laps. It's just everyone is just sending it. Nobody's afraid of nothing. It's just, <laughs> just crazy. But, yeah, I mean, I'm learning. I just got to uh, build up again, and I'll be okay. For sure, I imagine that Club MX is probably other than uh, the, the the pros are. Uh, it's a bit of a, uh, a ghost town right now, uh, with so many people missing uh, at Loretta's right now. Obviously, that's uh, the the main focus of that uh, facility is the amateur side of things. So, is it just like a total ghost town with uh, just you, Phil, and uh, and McAdoo cranking out motos, or what? I, I'm not. I'm not sure because I, I mean I'll probably go there tomorrow or Friday. I mean I don't even know if it's open because. We we're one hour and thirty far from club, okay. and Phil he he trains there now, but he's in New York now because you know there was his home race, so he went home to ride there. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll probably go there this week, but it's always good. But yeah, it's kind of goes down like you said now with Loretta's and stuff. For sure. I imagine that there's a few less people uh, helping you make the track rough. And I guess that's another transition that you'd have to make, an adjustment. Um, the, the track's not getting as rough in the amateurs and, uh, say, with Loretta's or any of the other nationals, uh, or the amateur national you've been to. Uh, rough tracks where not only is it uh, tough on the body, it's also tough on the bike so that you actually have the abil- ability to uh, zone in your bike um, and you like with being on a, on a team like yours, uh, the team that you're on, you actually have a, uh, a, a gr- ton of great, uh, techs at your, your beck and call, but, uh, how have you been able to kind of communicate with them? What needs to happen with the motorcycle? And, uh, was that a struggle for you whatsoever? Or are you a pretty talented tester? I mean, actually I'm not really sensitive, you know, uh, okay. You just ride I'm, it. I'm just, I've been like private. Yeah, I mean, I've been private here my whole life. So, like, all I have now, like a factory bike, a, a A-kit suspension, I can't complain. I used to, I used to have like Revolve stuff to race nationals as like Loretta's Monster Cup and stuff. So, it was always pretty hard, but I didn't ever complain about it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, now it's just the dream. I just ride it. I don't find, I don't find an excuse on the bike. It's all on me. The bike is perfect. The team always, tries to help me with that but i mean it's just the bike is awesome it's it's all on me absolutely yeah i think that's uh the right attitude for the approach i'm, I'm sure there's more than a, uh, a few of those uh tech techs like uh like a um leroy mccullum that that wishes all the factory guys were like you with that approach where you're just like yeah like i'm just fortunate to have this motorcycle um the reality is there are some guys that uh that are picky and they, they need things to be a certain way but uh, I think that's a great uh, that, uh, great approach on your part, just to go in there, uh, do the best with what uh, with what it feels like, and uh, obviously if those guys can look at the motorcycle and say, hey, I think it's kicking you in the back a little bit, or it's riding a little high in the rear, they can help you out and kind of steer you in the right direction. Um, but uh, as far as your demands on the motorcycle, it feels like uh, um, maybe not that uh, that crazy. And then on top of that, you got a 2019 Suzuki coming down the pipe. Have you had have you had an opportunity to jump on that yet? No, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I've I've seen Jimmy testing it on the on a Supercross track this week. The bike looks J-Bone. pretty good. Don't, don't be uh, J Bone's holding out on you. <laughs> it's because uh, Jimmy's doing testing for next yeah, year, yeah. and he's more sensitive than me. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's good with me to ride the bike a race in a dealer because I want to do good the last three rounds. 
so it's all good. But Jimmy said the bike is awesome. I mean, and I can't wait for 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 me to ride the bike. And I mean, hopefully I can have the opportunity you now to stay here next year and show that I can do good at Supercross as well. But yeah, it's it's been a blast. So yeah, that's the next step, I guess. Supercross is looming. Uh, obviously, you won't be at Monster Cup like you were the last couple of years. Now you're a full blown pro. Uh, but uh, any idea of or any preference on your part, whether you race East Coast, West Coast, and uh, um, is there a good likeliness that we'll see you back on yellow in 2019, or, uh, or what's the story there? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's nothing for sure yet. I mean, um, like I said, my results are like, hasn't been the best. Like, cause in amateur days, I used to bet with March Banks and, uh, and Justin Cooper, and then you see them now, they're getting top five races um, and I'm kind of like struggling to get like top 10 so I mean mm-hmm. it's been kind of hard but you know uh, I've never really had the opportunity to ride Supercross and when I did like uh, net last year I felt really solid before Monster Cup but I ended up crashing both motors but I got first in practice which was pretty solid but I mean I just I'm just doing my best to hopefully get this far here next year because I love the team everyone's a family since they want to go here, so I mean, I've been loving it. Absolutely, and, and and on top of that, you've got positive influences like Phil Nicoletti, someone who's got such a positive outlook on life, uh, who I'm sure has been rubbing off on you, and he he's just like this beam of sunlight every single morning, and uh, there's not a single bad thing he has to say about anything. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, every <laughs> everything for fall in place like perfectly since i got here just training wise i mean everything is just it's been awesome like i said i'm living the dream right now for sure of course being a little bit sarcastic there uh i think uh every once in a while i'm sure you're looked to uh to kind of talk phil off the ledge a little bit like maybe talk talk him into maybe life's not so bad um he seems to be a bit uh kind of uh, i wouldn't say suicide watch most of the time but the guy like he definitely looks for the uh the darker side of things more often than not um like Obviously, like I'm calling you on a nine five one area code, meaning you you had to up uh, lift, like pack your stuff up and head east. Uh, how has that adjustment been for you? And um, also, I, I guess it's uh, you see some familiar faces in the fact that uh, now Buddy Antonez is uh, stationed in North Carolina. I think that's a full time move. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I I moved to Cali in six at uh, the start of sixteen to pursue my American dream and. Uh, yeah, when I moved here, it's just like uh, like my hometown in Brazil. Like it's all green in North right. Carolina. You don't see that very often in Cali. So I mean, I've been loving it. The humidity, everything is like perfect to ride. Like it's really humid, pretty hot. It's like the races we're gonna do it on the East Coast. It's pretty much the same on what we're doing like on daily basis. So it's just perfect. So, like, uh, do you liken some of the tracks uh, out on the East Coast to what you would have raced uh, in in Brazil? And uh, um, like, uh, like kind of tell us a little bit about ra- racing down in Brazil and how, what what that was like, and uh, why you ended up coming up in the first place. Because obviously, you must have been a a pretty big fish in a small pond when it comes to uh, racing down there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just I don't want to sound cocky, but like, yeah, yeah. I got eleven. Uh, Brazilian championships I think and it's just that since a kid I used to watch DVDs with McGrath and all the guys on TV uh, so I mean I grew up wanting to race here and 
I got the opportunity with my dad willing to do it. So uh, I've been coming here and racing since 2009, but I used to go back and forth to Brazil. So like I said, 16, I moved here. But uh, yeah, the races in Brazil used to be pretty good back in the days. But now the sport is getting smaller and smaller. Uh, Brazil is all about soccer pretty much. Hmm. But I mean, I love going back home sometimes to see my family, my grandpa, my grandma, my dogs, and my friends. So, I mean, it's always a blast when I go there. And I have a pretty good sand track, which I love. So, I mean, I like to go back sometimes. But, I mean, the future is here, you know. For sure. And then it must have broke your heart to uh, not be able to ride Southwick. If you're a sand guy, uh, I think you were kind of pressing to come come back to a race like that. I, I think uh, that was maybe two weeks before you were cleared to uh, to full go racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was waiting on me to ride uh, south again, and once I got her, everyone was pretty, pretty like uh, sad that I wasn't doing uh, south because they know like of my home, of my home track in Brazil it's sand. So I mean, I kind of sucked, but you know, it's just it is what it is. Yeah, like, I think uh, like at some point in your career, if you could ever make it happen, you need to come up to uh, race a couple of the East Coast. Uh, Canadian races because uh, that's where I'm from. I'm from Canada, and we have I think of the four tracks out west or out east, three of them are like gnarly deep sand tracks. I'll, I'll send you maybe I'll, I'll text you some uh, some video of uh, of some of the tracks out that way. There's pure deep sand. You can barely build jumps out of it. It's so just uh, it's just uh, deep deep sand. So maybe that's up your alley at some point. But right now your focus is on racing the American stuff, of course. Um, uh, and I, I, I guess uh, you'd mentioned soccer. You broke the collarbone, and basically perfect timing if you're a soccer fan because you were basically laid up the entire time during the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I would, I would lay down in bed every day after my exercises and watch the World Cup. There you Unfortunately, go. Brazil uh, got sent home earlier, but yeah, still, I had a blast watching. At least I had something to watch on TV while while I was hurt. For sure, and uh, well, my, my Germans got knocked out way, way earlier than Brazil, I think, so uh, it was a sad day for all of us, but uh, when you're not watching soccer, when you're not keeping up on uh, uh, the races that are, that, you're ha- that are happening, that you're actually in, I'm sure you probably don't even watch a whole lot of those, um, what, do you, did you grow up watching motocross videos, what, which videos were those, like, every kid grows up, like, absolutely just, like, playing certain videos until they won't play anymore which videos were those for you and uh and what kind of made you kind of fall in love with the sport the way you did uh i don't remember to be to be honest i mean i was uh, i don't have like really good memory from okay when i was really little but i mean it was like a bunch like every day i watched the same every every damn day but uh i mean my dad used to race so okay when I turned uh, three years old, I, he, he gave me a dirt bike, and uh, my mom filmed me. I still have the videos of me riding for the first time, which was pretty cool. And then, yeah, because I think mostly because of my dad, and then, yeah, he's been supporting me since then. And, yeah, I mean, just once once you're in it, it's in the blood, you know. For sure. And I think you, you might have to dig up some of those videos for maybe a throwback Thursday post tomorrow. Um, but... Uh, uh, looking forward to the the last three rounds. Uh, they're all East Coast rounds. Um, like obviously Unadilla, you'll probably uh, 
get, get some helpful tips from a guy like uh, Buddy Antonez or maybe even Filthy Phil will uh, we'll give you a, uh, a couple of hints as to where to find the fast lines around there. But uh, what are some of your goals for the last, uh, the last five rounds? Are we looking uh, look up, like, are we, are we thinking top ten? I mean, I just I don't want to really look at numbers like top okay. ten and stuff. I just want to go to the track, have fun, and just do my best. Because I mean, if I leave the track, both motors in practice, knowing that I gave all I had, if fifteen was it okay, I'm good with that. But I know if I give my best effort, I know it will be better than fifteen. It will be probably a top ten. But you know, I just gotta go there, have fun, and just you know, work on skills, technique, everything, and just don't crash. Yeah, keep her on two wheels, and yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Uh, regardless of the, the number on the paper, uh, you've been riding long enough to know uh, whether or not the, the, the effort put forth was uh, one that you can be proud of. And if you can walk away from the uh, track doing that, I think you can, uh, with your head hailed high. Um, like, and then, honestly, not all riders can say that after every single race. There's obviously certain times when you're very disappointed with how things gone. Um, what, what, uh, what race would you say that you, uh, other than maybe high point that you uh, walked away from so far this season where, uh, you, you didn't feel like you were able to, to give your best. Uh, I would say, uh, Glen Helen first model, uh, the struggle was real. And then second model I was feeling good and then it crashed. And then, uh, yeah, Millville, Millville, my first race back from injury, I just, was struggling so bad i i just couldn't get the speed in my lines like i didn't know what was happening it wasn't me on the track so i mean after that week before was sugar was it, it was pretty pretty hard but it just kept working and now now we're back in business fair enough so now working with and i i imagine you have worked with uh buddy antonez as have i if you didn't know i've also done a uh, a, a Buddy Antonez riding day clinic. Uh, so we've we've both had similar uh, tutelage and, and and lessons in the in the recent uh, uh, history. Uh, what are some of the things that you've learned from Buddy? Uh, and and one of the some of the things that some of the bad habits that he's had kind of tried to break you out of. And uh, what kind of impact has he had on your riding over the last six months? Well, yeah, he's we've been we've been working really close since I got here uh he always helps me a lot with the lines and the races especially because he has another uh, like view of the track because they're usually on the tower so they can see stuff we can when we're riding sometimes so always after practice and after each race he comes and talks to each guy so i mean that's really helpful like everyone knows his knowledge he's, he's a really smart guy he, and the best thing he used to race so that's awesome and like even on practice days like yesterday i worked with him some sections on the track sprints some days we go to the track we do 230s plus two he always changed like what we're doing so it's really good i mean i really trust him and uh yeah uh i can't wait to do a good result to see this all paying off for sure get uh, all that hard work does pay off and uh, and you've definitely worked your way up to uh to a position where uh, you've earned those results my friend uh two things that you've got uh a feather in your cap as far as the racing goes um Full, first of all, a Red Bull athlete. There's not too many uh, people out there that can say that they're a full-blown Red Bull athlete and getting the, the sponsorship that way, as well as a, a personal sponsorship with Fox Racing. Um, in my opinion, the only two uh, gear brands that I want to talk about at all, Fox and Fast House. Uh, and, they're, they're, and, they're, and they're awesome for their own particular reasons. 
this this uh, year most recently, uh, like 2019, Fox is kind of going back to more of like an early 2000s look, which in my opinion, one of the best looking, some of the best looking stuff. What's it like to roll out onto the track with probably the sickest looking setup every single time? <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome. I won't lie. Uh, like every every Saturday morning, I go on the rig. I get fresh gear, so it's it's cool. I mean, and getting the nineteen is now. It's awesome. Like, uh, yeah, I won't lie. My setup looks pretty good actually. With the orange gear this weekend was pretty dope. But yeah, I'm just thankful to be a part of Fox, like one of the biggest brands in motocross racing. And same as you said about rap, you know, just. I was one of the youngest uh, athletes ever, so it's been it's been a long journey. But I mean, I love the guys, all they do for me. You know, Red Bull is a big brand, so I'm just blessed to represent them. For sure. And I, are they going to take you to space at some point? I know they have a, they have a probably a more impressive uh, space program than just about anybody else. Uh, have you inquired about going to space at all? <laughs> I wish I'm going to Unadilla first. Okay, <laughs> Unadilla first, then outer space, uh, and maybe maybe uh, some unworldly speed at that. Maybe that's a bad segue. Maybe that's a bad joke, but I make them sometimes. Um, Enzo Lopes, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast, my friend. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, you're you're a very well spoken young man. I know you got a ton of great sponsors. Now's the time to give them some love. Yeah, I mean, first of all, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been a blast being here and talking to you guys. I mean, yeah, uh, most people doesn't really know me, just the kid from Brazil. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just got to thank uh, everyone that supports me, my my family, uh, you know, just the whole JGR crew. They're awesome. J-Bone, uh, Wheeler, Buddy, uh just everybody, their family for me, Suzuki, Fox, Rebel, Scott, uh, my, my, my friend Magila, all my friends in Brazil, just everyone. Yeah. It's, it's been, it's been a tough and long journey, but we will be back in unit deal for sure. Oh, for sure, man. Uh, we're looking forward to that. You enjoy uh, a little bit of time to uh, to decompress, get that speed up to where it needs to be after your long time off, and uh, we'll see you flying in Unadilla and the following two rounds of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA Championship Series. Enzo Lopes, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Do not hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there.